0: half of the people coming to us right now have never come to a food bank before. And I think you're hearing those stories nationally and Alameda County is, is no exception. We're also seeing um, a lot of seniors coming our way. Again, many who have never accessed food bank services before, but you know, as our executive director would say, these seniors are gonna probably be with us for the, for the remainder of their life.
1: Hello and welcome to this episode of Who Belongs, a podcast from the Othering and Belonging Institute at UC Berkeley. My name is Mark Abizade, one of the hosts of the show. And in this episode, I speak with Alex Boscovich, who is the government relations officer at the Alameda County Community Food Bank based in Oakland, which collects and distributes food and other resources to about 300 partner organizations throughout Alameda County, uh, including food pantries, churches, senior centers, schools, and other organizations just prior to the outbreak of COVID-19 the food bank had partnered with the Othering and Belonging Institute's civic engagement narrative change project for some trainings on cultivating inclusive messaging and developing an identity that can bridge across community to build voice and power so we'll talk a little bit about that but the focus of the interview is on the sudden and very powerful impact that the pandemic has had on the demand for services provided by the Alameda County Community Food Bank and Alex's observations on how the crisis has magnified the gross inequities in society and how different populations are experiencing the pandemic when it comes to access to food. Here was our conversation. Well, I wanted to ask, obviously, about what the situation looks like now. I mean, we've seen a lot of footage from different cities in the country, like in New York and um, Los Angeles and Detroit, where you have lines of cars uh, waiting to to pick up boxes of of food from food banks and other distribution centers. Um, But before we talk about that, can you just give us a little bit of background on what the Alameda County Community Food Bank um, does or has been doing uh, prior to the pandemic.
0: So uh, Alameda County Community Food Bank, our warehouse is located in Oakland, uh, right off of the Hagenberger exit near the airport. Um, we're a, a receiving and distribution center. And the food bank pushes out that food that we receive uh, through a network of close to 300 member agencies Some are churches, uh, completely volunteer run. Others are soup kitchens or Head Start centers. Uh, We work through a variety of partners to ensure nobody goes hungry. Pre-pandemic, we were pushing out close to 32 million pounds worth of food. Uh, Additionally, though, we have several programs, uh, some that focus on children through a children's backpack program. We also have a CalFresh outreach assistance team For those folks who don't know what CalFresh is, it is California's version of the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program, or SNAP, formerly known as Food Stamps. So we have a multilingual team of outreach workers who help to connect community members with this really critical program. It is the most effective anti hunger tool that we have. Um, And then also the food bank has a policy and partnerships team, which I'm a member of. And so we advocate for policies. Um, to not only prevent hunger, but to stop it in its tracks as it's already, you know, hit the ground level. And so we do this at the local, state, and federal levels, Um, also in partnership and support with our research team. I noticed that the Othering and Belonging Institute just launched a really terrific map to uplift uh, which communities within the state are more at risk or more vulnerable to the impacts of the pandemic. Um, and so we have a similar capability within the food bank. And we also have a commitment to um, nutrition. For example, what we're finding is that um, hunger disproportionately impacts people um, with uh, poor health indicators. And poor health can also exacerbate hunger, right? so. that's a very long winded way of saying the food bank runs multiple programs, both direct assistance, whether it's getting groceries uh, into people's hands or connecting them to CalFresh benefits. But we also try to work upstream. Again, that's where we really see the nexus of our policy uh, and healthcare work.
1: that's important to note because a lot of people think food banks, all they do is just distribute food, but um, it's much deeper than that. um, Just as you've described. Um, So now, uh, turning to the pandemic, uh, can you tell us about how your work has shifted, how you've uh, specifically been addressing the crisis?
0: So prior to the pandemic, Alameda County Community Food Bank was already serving one in five county residents. So that's approximately about 330,000 people. Um, and when I say people, I want to be specific. I'm talking about low-wage workers you know, who really can't afford to lose hours, you know, or to lose gigs, um, talking about our seniors, who many, too many, are on the fast track to poverty, or already there, as well as uh, families and children. Uh, California, for example, has the highest child uh, poverty rate in the nation when you take into account supplemental measures of poverty. So you can imagine when the pandemic hit, it has exacerbated all those, not just rates in food security, but also all the inequity, right? You know, for so many of the clients we're serving, you know, they have been subjected to gross inequities. Whether it's you know not being able to access public benefits due to immigration status, uh, the legacy of racism and divestment into their communities and certain parts of Alameda County. So now that now that we are in this, um, what we like to say we're still in the acute phase of the pandemic. We are still preparing for a prolonged response because. Our call volume, for example, to our emergency helpline is still up 500 to 600 um, percent. And at the, you know, what was it? We've now had two orders for shelter in place in Alameda County, right? You know, at its at its a uh, more recent peak, we were up a thousand percent on our emergency helpline call volume. And it, again, wanting to be specific about who's being impacted right now, you know, half of those callers. We're brand new to the food bank. And it really kind of tells the story of, of the reach of the impact of the pandemic and also what was already in place. You know, we know, for example, pre pandemic, most Americans don't have access to, for example, $400 in emergency savings. We saw that last year with the partial federal government shutdown. So we're experienced in terms of being an emergency response organization, but we also have the long view. Right, of what these impacts can mean. But again, we're still very much in the acute phase, um, and we're working in close partnership with community based organizations and government partners. You described earlier the images that have gone viral around food banks and um, the long lines. I believe it was the San Antonio Food Bank, you know, had an image circulating around of 10,000 cars waiting in line. I think that's what's so painful about the coronavirus is it's just magnified inequities that were already in place, you know, the people we're already serving. Um, so that's why it's really important, you know, our, our strategy is both to serve the immediate, right? But also again to think upstream. So I'm grateful to be a part of Alameda County Community Food Bank because we already had a commitment to that work to ensure food is a basic human right. And how do we how do we prevent hunger? For those communities that have been most impacted,
1: has there been anything like that, like the images that you described, being experienced here in the Bay Area, as far as as far as you know?
0: Yeah. Um, so, and I should have given them a, sh- a shout out when I was describing, you know, the overview of the food bank. But last year alone, our food bank received assistance from about twenty thousand community volunteers. We we can't do this alone. And I know that our Associate Director of Volunteer Services has been kind of capturing this history in the making. Uh, So some of the images that I've seen specific to Alameda County Community Food Bank have been those volunteers or our member agencies. Again, so many of our member agencies are 100% volunteer run. And they tend to be older and more at risk for hunger uh, and poverty themselves. So we've seen seen images of uh, people across generations um, race, ethnicity, religion coming together to respond um, and additionally in, from what I've seen just you know personally I mentioned to you I I, I started working remotely about two weeks ago and I, I went to pick up a package at our warehouse and a distribution that we had started uh, just a few weeks prior one of those drive through distributions where people pop open their trunk you know and someone you know with their protective gear you know, places the box in the trunk and closes it. You know that distribution near us uh, by the Coliseum, I mean, the line was just backed up all the way to the 66th Avenue exit. Um, the latest numbers I saw from that distribution were close to 800 cars. And when I had been there two weeks prior, you know, it was around three to 400. So you can just see. I mean, every day it gets um, uh, more magnified. Not just the spike in the food, in food insecurity, but the reach, again, I can't stress enough that half of the people coming to us right now have never come to a food bank before. And I think you're hearing those stories nationally. Um, and Alameda County is is no exception. We're also seeing too, um, a lot of seniors coming our way. Again, many who have never accessed food bank services before, but, you know, as our executive yeah. director would say, these seniors are going to probably be with us for the for the remainder of their life.
1: Are these mostly people who have been recently laid off?
0: We have certainly heard those stories uh, about layoffs. And, you know, I've been receiving data left and right. I'm a former county employee. So for example, in Alameda County, we have uh, two workforce investment boards, and they capture that employer layoff data. You know, I can tell you uh, from their reporting that I've seen, you know, what, what, what once was, you know, maybe, 5,000 layoffs since July the last time I saw it, it's closer to 10,000 and it's all across the county right now but there are certain areas that you know are experiencing you know um, m- more acute impacts to those layoffs and again we get back to the who who is really impacted in this moment and these are the people the food bank typically serves and builds community with these are again workers you know making minimum wage you know working multiple jobs, um, working families, with children um, and seniors because so many of our seniors are you know continuing continuing to work just to make ends meet. I think one of the stories that I will never forget um, from from the pandemic and my personal role and, and the role of Alameda County Community Food Bank was um, when I received a note from my colleague who's helping to staff our emergency helpline, and she had taken a phone call from a senior. Who had just been revived by an EMT she had passed out for five hours and her first conscious thought was I need to call the food bank I need help and I just I will never forget that I'll, I'll never forget my my coworker who who took that call in that moment and the impact and I will never forget um, just what that was an indicator of right the the impacts of the pandemic for sure but You know also uh, one of the the legacy policy items of the food bank has been our our work around around senior hunger um and so when our executive director says you know we'll have so many seniors who are with us for the rest of their lifetime i'm grateful that you know that that woman was able was able to call us and that she is still alive
1: um your food bank was recently profiled in a uh in an article in the san francisco chronicle and it starts off with a really a stunning story actually about at the very beginning of the crisis that people were actually showing up at the warehouse in Oakland, which is not even a distribution center. And uh, what I was wondering is, is what were people thinking when that started happening? and, And how frequently was that occurring?
0: Yeah, I know. And thank you for uplifting. That was, that was great coverage that the San Francisco Chronicle gave to us as well as other Bay Area food banks. I think I think my first response to your question would be to point to the data on our foodnow.net website, which is a public-facing website where members of the community can go and look up a food distribution point uh, near them. And year over year, we, we saw clicks to that website go from about 300 clicks to over 4,000, right? And again, because so many people who are, who are reaching out to us right now have, have never accessed food bank services before you know maybe i'm just putting myself in those shoes but i would do a, i would do a google search right and our address would pop up and you know when people need help they they rush to it so it, it was it was a quick indicator even though we have not been advertising and have never advertised you know you know come to 7900 edgewater for food you know people People need help and they need it right now. And I think this is a testament to what food banks as a sector do, right? Um, We're here for everybody. And when there's an emergency, whether it's created by a virus or a wildfire or policy, you know, people know that food bank in its name indicates help. Someone who cares about my well-being and can help.
1: Can you talk a little bit about how, um, how long you expect this to go on, and if you think that you you're be able to sustain this level of demand for what you're providing.
0: So as you probably also read in uh, a lot of the media articles or following some of our uh, policy conversations, this is absolutely going to be a prolonged response. Uh, we've been communicating with our, for example, our state elected officials recently um, about how we are still in the acute phase. Um, but we have to, I'm going to quote assembly member Rob Bonta, who's a big champion for the food bank. Uh, he said, you know, we have to be able to walk and chew gum at the same time, right? And when it comes to the walk, it's a long walk, it, you know, um, a prolonged response to put a time frame on it. You know, what we've seen, for example, from the recession, you know, there's data that tells us there are still community members who, who didn't even recover from that. I can't even imagine what those figures are going to look like, you know, uh, for the pandemic. But we already know that, for example, um, a few weeks back, the Center on Budget and Policy Priorities, which is a, a really powerful policy partner of ours, you know, reported that for the Latinx and and uh, African American community, unemployment is well over twenty percent. Right? That's that's not a recession. That's a depression. And so. You know, when we look at previous depressions in history, that's years, and so that's what we've been sharing with our partners, our community members, our policymakers that that this prolonged response we're we're talking years on a time frame, and we can't do it alone. And that's why we have community literally in our middle name. People can support this work now and in the long run, and we're going to need them, whether it's making a, a financial contribution. To the food bank, so for Alameda County Community Food Bank, every dollar donated, we can leverage into seven dollars worth of critical food. Uh, but this also includes our policymakers, whether it's you know, cities and counties helping us to establish pop-up pantries, kind of like the one I described to you earlier, um, over by us near the Coliseum. You know, that's now reaching close to eight hundred cars. Um, as well as our state and federal policymakers, You know, we have some policy asks on the table for the state. You know, we, we're asking them for emergency funding to purchase food. We, we've already pushed out uh, close to 9,000 boxes worth of state emergency food. We know we're going to need more in the long run. Uh, so we have that ask. And then of, of our federal partners, again, you know, centering communities that have been impacted the most, people of color, children, seniors, low low low-wage workers. So our ask of our federal partners at the moment is really, you know, start with what we know works. And that's SNAP. That's the supplemental nutrition assistance program or here in California, CalFresh. You know, we can do three things around that program. One, we should be raising the maximum amount by 15%. Two, we need to raise the floor. You know, right now the minimum benefit for CalFresh is $16. We need to raise that to $30. And then, thirdly, we need to suspend these really hurtful and damaging uh, administrative proposals uh, from the uh, federal administration. You know, whether it's um, uh, scaling back eligibility requirements, um, taking away credit that you know our seniors. Uh, um, get, for example, for paying their utilities, that's, this should be a no-brainer, right? You know, whether it's work requirements or just making it easier for programs to talk to one another, but we need SNAP to be flexible and responsive. And so we need to stop those prior actions that were taken pre-COVID.
1: You know, we have a a researcher at our institute uh, who works on SNAP, who studies SNAP, and um, she had an interesting recommendation a couple of years ago in a paper she put out where she noted that um, that SNAP benefits, they're basically, uh, they're not adjusted uh, based on purchasing power. So someone in California or the Bay Area, which is really expensive, gets about the same as someone uh, from somewhere else in the country, which, um, which has a, a, a much lower cost of living. And uh, so, I mean, that was one of the recommendations that I thought was was really important. And uh, I don't know, I just felt like like sharing that. But also um, trying to get an idea from you if one of the things that you that your food bank is is um, maybe wary of is not receiving all the resources that that you need in order to continue providing the support for the organizations that you partner with.
0: Yeah, I appreciate you uh, bringing up the the cost of living impact of the Bay Area. That narrative has has not gone away, um, and so you know. SNAP or, or the National School Lunch Program, you know, it does not it does not reflect the, the true cost to, to buy food, to keep food in the fridge or on the table uh, for low-income individuals. Um, you know, as far as resources for food banks, what I've heard from our policymakers and our associations is that, you know, this is a multi-phase approach and we're taking it uh, one step at a time and we continue to message out that we are still in the acute phase and we have to address that. But we also have to be planning and putting together the pieces for a prolonged response. And so I know, for example, in California's legislature, they're just beginning some of those talks right now in the Senate and the assembly. They've just convened uh, their coronavirus related uh, budget committee. So we're, you know, in constant conversation with them as well as the you know, governor's office and at the federal level, you know, I believe I just saw come across my phone that the Senate just passed, you know, um, I believe they're calling it, you know, CARES 3.5 or something like that. Uh, Essentially uh, the fourth effort, right? To pass another large federal package. We just, we simply cannot relent, you know? And I think what I've really seen at Alameda County Community Food Bank, you know, we, we are so grateful for all the attention and support people are bringing to us. And what I have to, constantly uplift is that, again, that community piece. Alameda County County Community Food Bank is also a network of, of, of food and, and feeding partners, you know, across different systems, uh, across different identities. Again, whether it's your, your local health clinic, uh, to your soup kitchen, um, to, to school districts. You know, I, I, I didn't mention the fact that uh, due to COVID, you know, we've established uh, within the last month, 10 partnerships uh, with local school districts to integrate, you know, emergency shelf-stable groceries into those school meals that they're distributing. You know, we're all in this together, right? So we have great diversity and reach within the food bank network. And the same goes for also our policy and in our in our upstream work and our commitment to equity inclusion, um, you know, whether it's, you know, advocating for SNAP or against public charge, um, you know, the policy fight also has to be an integrated one where we really think about, about, about those bridges and then also what is the strategic narrative that we're building. And you might notice the language I'm using, you know, right before COVID hit, we had just completed two trainings with the Other and Belonging Institute around your civic engagement narrative for change where we've gone over these concepts about, about othering and belonging, you know, and who belongs to one another, who's othered in our community. And we can't lose sight of that in both the acute and prolonged response to this pandemic. And my hope is that through the budgets we already have and the ones that we're building right now, and again, just uplifting this narrative, right, about who this pandemic is impacting and how we're responding, I really hope we'll come out come out on the better side of things. You know, this is this is our opportunity to, to really do some major resetting uh, in terms of, of policy, in outreach, and then also uplifting what was already really working and putting it on the table uh, hand in hand with our community. I I guess I shouldn't say hand in hand, right? (laughs) We're still a shelter in place. Uh,
1: Let's say some of our listeners are, are, you know, they're hearing what you're saying and they want to contribute in some way, either by volunteering or or making contributions. Uh, What would you encourage them to do? Where would you encourage them to go?
0: Um, well, if you're interested in supporting Alameda County Community Food Bank, please visit our web- website, accfb.org. Again, every dollar donated can be leveraged into $7 worth of critical food. Um, and we are, again, <laughs> serving a huge number of people right now. Prior, prior to COVID, we were serving one in five. That is absolutely growing. Um, individuals can also support our food bank. Uh, By getting connected with our volunteer services team, we're starting to match individual volunteers with our member agencies. Again, most of these agencies tend to be grassroots, uh, committed, caring volunteers, giving it their all, but they can't do it alone. And so I just got an update from volunteer services that we've matched over 100 community members to get food to the people. Um, And then um, our, our kind of last ask right now for support you know, is really on that policy front, you know, help be a voice, uh, help us magnify the message that this is a prolonged response, that it's gonna take big policy solutions and everyone partnering together from local to federal, and that we can't lose focus of who is most impacted in this moment, right? People of color, children, seniors. These are the folks that we that we serve uh, all the time prior to COVID And now the need is only exacerbated. And so we really have to be specific about who we're, who you're speaking up for and with.
1: Um, Have you had to turn or not you personally, but the, your partners, have they had to turn people away because the demand was too high at any of the centers?
0: We are fortunate that a majority of our member agency network uh, is operational um, and serving. Um, With that said, though, we have had reports of, you know, food running out for that particular day. Um, So it's important for your audience to know that's why we, when people call our emergency helpline or visit foodnow.net, we offer more than one referral. Uh, And that's why we're working uh, so expeditiously uh, on all fronts, you know, advocating for the dollars to get more food boxes, uh, constant communication with our county emergency operations center you know, whether it's to deploy disaster service relief workers or identify other areas of partnership.
1: Uh, I've been hearing a lot about the potential for a disruption in the food supply chain. For example, it could be either um, on the farms themselves, among the farm workers. A lot of migrant farm workers are working without any sort of protection. And, um, you know, the spread of a virus could uh, also threaten people's food supply. And then also at distribution centers, at like, um, like Safeway, recently I don't know if you've heard in Tracy they had a, an outbreak at uh, one of their large warehouses where more than 50, 50 employees uh, got sick and one person actually died. And then there were and then the Safeway distribution center distributes uh, food to Safeways like throughout California and the Northwest. And there were reports of shortages in produce and stuff. So is that something that um, that you're also thinking about and um and have plans and, and preparations for?
0: Oh yes. Um, so I'll start with first, you know, our own personal uh safety measures that we've taken at the food bank. Um, we work in pretty lockstep with the Alameda County uh Emergency Operations Center, which brings us closely uh to the folks in uh public health department. Uh, to make sure that our staff and our member agencies have the equipment that they need, that we are following the shelter in place orders uh, to ensure we are distributing food safely and most importantly, taking care of our our staff and our partners. Um, So we have those protocols and policies. And again, it's just everything's a constant feedback loop, right? Uh, We've seen changes to the public health order just recently, for example, around the guidance around masks. but to your uh, earlier point about disruptions in the national uh, food chain, you know certainly uh, food banks, like you know other food entities, whether they're grocery stores or restaurants, you know we're all we're all kind of feeling those ripple effects right now. Both the the pressure on our food systems as a whole, um, as well as you know um, uh, distribution patterns. What I will say is. Um, Our inventory is strong. Uh, We have seen changes to some of the products we've received, uh, but we're still able to safely uh, serve the community. Um, But we always welcome partners, you know, at those, you know, for example, large donor uh, levels to help us with certain items, you know, protein in particular. Again, pre COVID, uh, protein items are always an important need in our community. And so we've had partners come to the table to help us with really key staple items like, you know, beans or canned tuna, canned chicken, uh, peanut butter, you know, to ensure we're also providing a good mix of product right now. So Alameda County Community Food Bank, our food is safe and is reaching community members in need, but we're absolutely aware um, of the trends happening. Uh, both at the national and state level and a work close partnership uh, with our associations um, as well as our public health officials to ensure um, uh, safe food um, and we're following the policies appropriately.
1: And that concludes our interview with Alex Boscovich, the government relations officer with the Alameda County Community Food Bank. We'll share the links that she provided for people interested in supporting their efforts on our website at belonging.berkeley.edu slash who belongs. There we'll also post a transcript of this interview. Thank you for listening.